Space to Tillcast, episode 410. Oh God, the heat! And this week, guys, we talk more Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, Monster Hunter World, Battletech, Frostpunk, and Outward. Stay tuned. It's not done if it's not smoking or roasted. That wasn't bad. Yeah, it worked. It was kind of cascading. Yeah, I like it. It's we're back. It's the Tilker. It is uh, Valentine's Day, February fourteenth, twenty twenty. Every single one of us. It is, is nine thirty four p.m. and I have an official statement. Oh God! What? What? Asshole. I informed the other members earlier that I've now left Team Rusty. Mm. Enjoyed my beer, bro, on Team Nos. Fuck off! I mean. Congratulations. I mean, Watch your spoon. It's <laughs> very tingly. I well, mean, oh my god, dog. I love you too, but are, you need to go sit. Ah, that's my fucking earbuds. <laughs> <laughs> Back off, beast. I'm being loved to death. Oh, oh. And hey. that, uh. As we're getting started here, podcast. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. Uh, I'm Mold. Rusty. Um, and together, you're going to hear about 30 minutes of bullshit. Bullshit. Some game and some news. And just for the uninitiated, we are an M-rated show, so... Fuck. Exactly. <laughs> so, if you are offended by that stuff, just know what you're getting into. Uh, casual fucks abound. Yep, that's true. All right, so... You know what's really good? What? Buffalo chicken balls. I mean, chicken balls. That's what I made for dinner tonight. I mean, tonight. chicken, uh, buffalo chicken balls. Yeah, I mean, like I've used shredded, I used really? oh, like ground uh, chicken for oh. something. I made them from scratch. Will you please go lay down, you lovely little piece of They're dog like, shit? Kind of like weird keto biscuits. Come on. Over this way. That's right. You know, you're not going to get any response from a deaf dog by I, snapping. It, it's, the, it's the motion. It's the motion. I'll get the uh, Lolanator. Yes, please. Okay. Yeah, so chicken balls, man. I uh I uh I, I could definitely understand that though uh I mean, you know, childish comment aside. Uh <laughs> it, it is uh it's, it's so it's kind of like a chicken meatball mm-hmm. and and you just added the buffalo seasoning to it. Yeah, just, I mean, and just rolled it in it. Almond flour, a little bit of cheddar. Mm. Um and an egg. That's literally it. Like, you get the measurements right, and then you bake it at, like, oh, God, the heat. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. That is, that is a legit temperature. It, it's that, like, it was almost as hot it, as my oven could go. It said, bake at 500 degrees. And it said, for until done. And did did you have to pull out your Goron tunic to survive? <laughs> yeah, oh, like God. I felt like when I opened it up, it was so hot. It was like I was melting metal in there. But yeah, oh. it, was, it was like, oh, God, the heat. Like I felt like I needed to wear two mitts. <laughs> and then the instructions, it said, if you use wax paper, make sure it's the exact measurements of the pan or it will catch fire. Uh, well... <laughs> But it got, you know what it came out kind of like? Huh. If I'd have added a little bit more spices, it'd taste a whole lot like the lobster biscuits at Red Lobster. Oh, hey, that sounds oh, yeah. But it's drizzled in, you like know, Buffalo Frank's sauce. hot sauce, right? Yeah. Frank's Red Hot and dipped in ranch. Um, and, it's, hey. 
Yeah, I had like four of these bastards. Now I'm fucking stuffed still. What the fuck are they? Like fucking softball size? <laughs> no, like drop biscuits, basically. Okay. A little bit smaller than drop biscuit. Yeah, I mean, if you're up north, probably don't know what the fuck we're talking about. What's a drop biscuit? Yeah, uh, yeah, no, most people. Our know. food's sloppy down here. Oh, whatever, it's just tasty. We just throw it in a pan and fucking fry it. Oh god, the heat! I don't got the heat. <laughs> oh god, the heat! <laughs> but you know, at oh god, the heat is a great contradiction to the weather we've been having around here lately. Right, tis true. It's it finally after- got cold. It, what? Yeah, and as as I've been trying to cage free this dog, um, it's been an experience. But um, what Wednesday a couple of days ago, it went from like fifty or forty degrees down to like what twenty, with a wind yeah. chill of like ten. It, when I went to work, yeah, to Wednesday, today's Friday. Yeah, yesterday morning. Um, the wind chill was at. Oh, it was 12. yesterday, wasn't it? The wind chill was down to five degrees. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it was. It's very fuck you outside. I didn't leave. No, I did. I remember now. Yes, I did. I got up. I mean, normally my my wake up time is about seven ish. You know, p.m. p.m. Because you know reasons. Um, vampires, oh, vampire. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I went to, uh, oh, went and shopped cause you know, fucking grocery stores are not open all night, uh, unless you go to Walmart and, uh, I immediate, I didn't ask my Alexa what the weather was like. I normally do. That's normally a question I ask my Alexa, Alexa, what is the weather? If your Alexa's running and you're on speaker for some reason, you know, the weather now. Um, I mean, I listen to all my podcasts without headphones, honestly. Oh, well, I mean, there you go. So, uh, I did not ask that question. I opened the door and immediately closed it again. (laughs) (laughs) It was open the door. I got hit in the face with a wind gust of fuck you. And I closed the fucking door again. And I'm like, I'm going to need more than this. So I put on like three fucking layers just to go down the street to the freaking supermarket. So and uh yeah, it was uh this will yeah. sound horrible, but I never miss that beat for the simple fact that when I get up in the morning, mm-hmm. he if old man I am not the morning. <laughs> like, it, I'm gonna turn if on I the am news. not listening to the fucking news while I'm taking a shit in a shower. It's like I'm listening to the radio while wrong. I take a shit. <laughs> It, I don't have that routine, nor, nor do I listen to the radio, because, I no, mean... I live in a modern age. Oh. I just look at the temperature on my phone. Uh, oh, you you mean you actually look at your phone? I fucking hate I, uh, looking at my phone. I don't I really listen do. to the radio. I'm actually playing Channel 6 on my phone. Oh, the local local station. <laughs> While I'm... Oh, yeah, yeah. it's our patron saint, uh, Travis's station. Yes. Yes. Uh, Travis Barbo and him, him and his team are the only ones I trust. Honestly, probably the best weather team. It one of the best weather teams in the country. Honestly, uh, yeah. I mean, they have to deal with shit so. that changes on the fly, right? So, I mean, they're at least the most nimble of them all. Yeah. Um, and probably get a lot less shit than most weathermen too. Yet they're because they most, save a lot of lives. <laughs> yeah, they're most genuinely, uh, generally, you don't get pretty like, correct. 
All know. around the rest of the country, the weathermen get made fun of quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Around here, because they do so much for tornado warnings. Right. Yeah. They are well, like like local. They're celebrities unto especially themselves. Especially our local CBS affiliate. They are. They and the uh, CBS affiliate in Oklahoma City, they are owned by the same company. Mm-hmm. It is a family company. It's not one of the national ones. So they actually have one of the large. They have the largest team of, uh, I guess you could say private, because most storm chasers are actually just doing it on their own. Right. Uh, of privately funded. Crazy people. Storm chasers. Insane people. In the state. They, they employ insane people. Yeah. These guys are the ones that like, oh, that's a tornado. Yeah, it's coming right down on the left side of my car. It's going, and they know exactly where they're fucking at on a map so that they could point out to Travis and his team so that they could, like, zoom in on the fucking, like, radar and say, oh, yeah, there's a fucking tornado right there. The wind shear is right there. (laughs) It's in a circular pattern. No, (laughs) now for what Rusty's saying, uh, these guys are... uh, are I mean, actually really good at what they're they do. They're very and, good at what they're doing. And, and they s- usually <laughs> they usually don't get any closer than one mile normally to to any active tornado. Now uh, several of them have had some close calls in the past. Yeah. But these guys are really good at what they do. Close enough. One mile away from a fucking tornado. Hello. I don't want to be anywhere near a fucking tornado. And these guys are like, there, there it is. There, there it is. It, it, crack open the can of beer. It's right there. And it's not that they're very professional. I'm making fun of them, but yeah. they're very professional at what they do. They do save lives. They do all the fucking like, you know, all the stuff that you would expect from a storm chaser. But, uh, I, my personal belief is that they're fucking certifiable. I mean, they are anybody that says, you know, puts that down on a fucking resume. I'm a fucking storm chaser. Well, I mean, you're crazy enough well, to, if, like, work on... If you're a storm chaser in, like, Wisconsin, it's a little different. <laughs> We're storm chasing chaser. that blizzard. We've been sitting under this overpass now for damn near a week. I, I was just, like, thinking of, like, the storm chasers of Michigan, right? Yeah. Because uh, it's, like... Easter. Uh, I we, don't know what no, a Michigan accent it's, is. It's more like uh, <laughs> yeah. that. That <laughs> basically most. Yep, there's snow. <laughs> you'll find most uh, storm chasers out there who are out who are out there to you know sell video or sell photos of storms, etc. Because be honest, that is actually the majority of storm chasers throughout the country. Yeah, they, they're out to get the pictures, man. These guys usually travel. Um, basically all of the states in the country east of the Rockies and south of the Dakotas. Yeah. That, that's pretty much where they stay. They're, they're, they're concentrated in our area though, right now, right in tornado alley, right up till, you know, right up until hurricane season. And then they all go to Florida. (laughs) Well, Florida or Texas, one of the two. Yeah. Um, you know, along the Gulf Coast is, is the hotbed for uh, for the storm chasers there, but they're there for, you know, 
well, we need to report what it's going to, you know, what it's like in every fucking block. But still, goal is to save lives, right? Yep. You know, and, in, information I mean, about that, that type of shit. He, as, as much as I might give some of those guys grief, because uh, there are quite a few just glory chasers out there who just go for the best photo they can, period. Man, that could be taken so many ways. That could. <laughs> glory, <laughs> glory chasers. chasers. Can we name the episode that? Wow. Um, Only if you want me to use a picture of a glory hole. Up <laughs> uh, <laughs> to you. Uh, but a lot of them really do concentrate on actually... You know, sticking to a place where the majority of the public isn't going to stick to and actually tell people tell people what's going on, how bad it's getting, etc. Well, so, I mean, I know that during tornado season around here uh, with the whole freaking live coverage and they do break in and do live coverage over whatever's playing, they don't care. They will fucking say I don't care if you were watching Days of Our Lives right now. There's a fucking tornado. We're saving lives here. Mm -hmm. If you really, really feel the need to watch oh, Days yeah. of Our Lives right you, now, you will. You can go to fucking X channel and you will you know, totally just see, do it undercover. You will totally see Oklahoma's patron saint Travis Meyer tell people. You don't. I know it. you're wanting to watch the the basketball game right now or the football game, whatever. We're here but saving lives. Yeah. If you're asking why this is on the radio and I'm not in tornado warning, well, other people in our viewing area are. They come first. Boom. Fucking, he, he gives no <laughs> shits. that's it. He gives no shits. If you want to listen to the fucking, you know, he, he, he did at one point say, if you want to watch this or you want, if you want to listen to this, go to this channel, but just do it yeah. in a safe I mean, space. That, that's do it the in your, whole, your storm shelter. Do it in your closet. That's the whole reason for the quadplexing on, right. on digital transmission now. They can cut that programming over to another channel. Yeah. Yeah. But. I mean, our guys are just, they're great. Uh, the only thing they ever get any flack on is uh, forecasting snow, but let's be honest. I mean, we just did our first milk. snow day in <laughs> this, like three years Well, last week, right? More, more often than not, when it's cold enough here <laughs> for snow to happen, there's not enough actual water in the air. When there's water or, in the air, it just rains like When there is water in the air... It's cold enough aloft, but it's not cold enough at ground level for anything to actually stick. We don't have snow for more um, than a few hours. So, you know, when it comes to trying to forecast snow in Oklahoma, it's pretty tw tricky just from where <laughs> we are and where the jet stream settles. Dude, I don't fucking care, man. These you know, people but around here have the, no concept of what snow know, actually right? is. But so that's why we can, you know, go from 50 degree weather one day. We had 70 degree weather and then two days later we had fucking snow. To two days later we have a five degree wind chill at 6 a.m. in the morning. Fucking like. Like. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it, it's, yeah, whenever it snows around here, uh, it's it's the snowpocalypse of the year. So we yeah, had snowpocalypse 2020 already. And uh, I doubt we'll get, uh, I don't even know if I doubt, who knows if we get any more this year. Yeah, we'll probably not get any more snow. But the thing is, is that whenever, 
whenever snow is on the uh, on the horizon, we we know that we're going to get it. There's a winter storm warning, which is like every other fucking day up north. Yeah. Um, you know, winter storm warnings around here is cause for the whole bread and milk meme uh, to, <laughs> yeah. to come up. And, of course, the last oh. time they ca- captured a picture of Travis Meyer in a supermarket with bread and milk in his fucking cart. <laughs> and that went around the Internet for a while. Well, especially since, um, now, <laughs> granted, he, he, he's got good reason. He actually has a farm, you know, it, like 50, like 30 miles outside of town. So, you he know, was just for, getting his groceries, he me. was just getting his groceries, which he gets in large quantities because shit, would you want to haul groceries every week out there? No, no. fucking you know, two no. two or three fucking gallons of milk and like four or five loaves of fucking bread. Yep. Yeah, whatever. Throw some of that in the freezer and the milk's gonna get used, so yeah, whatever. But uh, no, it, it but so that made that made that that part of that week fun just for the simple fact that the kid the two youngest kids never seen snow. Period. Wow. What's this white stuff? I mean, they've seen it, but not ever enough to play in, right? Right. Like, because all we've gotten in their life, they're six and five. Right. All we've gotten in their lifetime are dustings. Right. So, so snowballs. Snowballs yeah, happened. they actually got to do snowballs and shit, which was pretty cool. Yeah, it was wet snow, so it was probably good for packing. Oh, Yeah. Oh yeah, they they did a pretty decent snowman. Though I saw some photos of what some people were doing around town. I mean, there were people building like thirteen foot snowmen out of six inches worth of snow. Well, you can do a lot with with the determination. I you think can do quite a bit with six inches. Oh my god! Oh my god! You pulled the blanket off of the dog. I had my hand on the dog. The sh- the static shock. From you pulling that off of a dog, traveled up through my arm and into my eardrums, <laughs> through my <laughs> through my earbuds. You should have had a light bulb in your mouth. Oh, holy fuck, dude! I heard it from over here. So it was like, <laughs> why, dog? Why do you love? Why do you love me so much? Oh, I know. And then she's gonna lick your nose. She is. Aww. So it's been a. Uh... I can say without a doubt that for us, the bullshit section may not be as long unless somebody has something really big to contribute right now. Yeah. No. Nope. All right. Um, We've been yeah. playing a few games. Uh, I mean, we just got done with the game of the year. That was fun. Y- yeah. Uh, yeah. No, uh, we didn't use all science this time. There was a little bit of heart. Right. I mean, we didn't go directly to the numbers, only the numbers, because, uh, well... Just the raw well, amount of time. Unlike unlike years past, we didn't have the cornucopia of games played throughout the year. Wonderful that man. we've had in the past. Uh, and Jason's um, using his words. Today. Yeah, he's got I like am. a fucking vocabulary today. So, uh, so you know, pure math just really didn't settle it right this time around. Please don't shock my eardrums again. So, you know, if you haven't listened to that episode yet. And you're listening to this one, then uh, get ready. We have some pretty interesting conversation that second half. Maybe. Yeah, I felt I felt really good about Game of the Year this year. And I really liked uh, 
some of the taglines we came up with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we did, we actually rated all the games that were our favorites, which is something we haven't done in a while, too. Right. Uh, in a while. We haven't done that on a game of the year ever, and I felt like that went really well. Yeah. It. We got rid of a lot of the, uh, the, the extra frivolous categories and just kind of went with what, sh- what was shit, what was not, what we played, and basically what deserved to be you know part of a list part of a list right and and our list is different from pretty much everybody else's so yeah i don't think outer wilds made anything for anybody no uh no. And, and we all and had Sekiro access to it for free <laughs> and Sekiro didn't even end up on any list so i mean and that was on people's lists and won basically the fucking you know game of the year for the game awards, I think it was. Uh, so, yeah, I don't pay attention to that anymore. Well, I used to think it was really I. cool, like way back when we first started this, sh- before we started the show, remember Spike TV used to do it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I back thought when Spike, Spike TV, TV was, was a thing. Yeah, Spike TV was like, oh, so they're they're targeting that demographic. Cool. Uh, and then, of course, as with anything that has any type of money behind it, it then became shit. <laughs> well, it it very quickly within a couple of years really turned went from a good like um, writers and viewers voting ballot to just well games media kind of sucks right now so uh, it followed the I rest mean, of honestly, games. the best games media you can find right now yeah. is homegrown right yeah you know give a shout out to a lot of the people that we uh, associate with right. right? That's what I listen to. Pretty much, that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, if you uh, if you're looking I mean, at shout out journalism, to... it's it's hard to find a good quality journalist that doesn't have some other kind of agenda. What you want yeah. to hear is actual fucking gamers. I mean that that's that's who I listen to. People who actually sat down and fucking played a fucking video game and said, you know, this was really hard to play. When I have a six-year-old kid, you know, this is really hard to play when I have a dog that likes to chew up my fucking couch. Uh, you know, yeah. this this there, was fun in short bursts, you yeah, know, right. things like, like that. We it, are our demographic, to, and we are really the target demographic we have is probably not college age at this point. No. No. Well, I mean, not anymore. <laughs> I mean, it was when we started. I mean, I was in my 20s when the show started. We grew up. <laughs> um <laughs> Though I will get, I when would I'm going say, bald and gray. Uh, I know. Though I would say on the subject, well, of Jason's the only one with an Aryan hairline. Yeah, yeah. That's only because he will never lose his hair. Yeah, probably <laughs> not. I mean, when we first started, his hairline was like down to his eyebrows, and now it's just receded to a couple of inches above his eyebrows. Like he'll never have no hairline. Like yeah, I feel no. like in about Which... ten years, I'm going to have the great mane where it like goes to my ears yeah. and doesn't go any further forward. Well, uh, at that uh, point, I'll grow it out and have the the great lion mane. At, at this point, I'll just I'll, I'll go fucking shiny bald if I need to. I'm pretty I mean, much already had there. that conversation last I, weekend. I, Jess I was see here for you a little skull bit. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm... <laughs> I want to see the skullet. Nos with the skullet. <laughs> Not doing that. Um. I won't you, have sex you could if that replay happens. That, you could replay that whole scene from Harold and Kumar. Oh, my God. I look very uh, strapping young lad. Um, <laughs> anyways, I'm kind of obscure. But, um, yeah, I was 
I had already asked Jess that the other night, and I was like, hey, because she's like, you know, like, every every third hair at this point's gray. I was like, is it time to go full Picard yet? She's like, not quite yet. She's like, that little bald patch in the back isn't big enough to go full Picard. She's like, but when it does, I'll let you know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, I I don't have a choice. (laughs) Well, to be honest, the only reason you don't see any gray in my beard right now it's because you're younger than it's us. because no it's because true. my wife actually routinely dyes your beard pulls all the no, gray hairs out hunts for all the gray hairs in my beard and gets a kick out of pulling them out yeah i'd look like i had mange if that happened <laughs> um, I, might have, I won't have to worry about gray hair i'm about 35 have, i'm like 35 percent gray. gray and like i don't even have dark hair so i can pull a reed richards <laughs> just for men <laughs> but yeah, no the the stuff on top will probably take forever to go gray, and will probably never be completely gone. Much to my disappointment, yeah, he can so, probably still create a fucking afro out of what he's got. To kind of get back on track, um, <laughs> I'm gonna start with a game, and I'm just gonna kind of keep passing around until we're out. All right. Um, I finished Outward right before we did Game of the Year, and got a pretty solid 50 hours out of that game, maybe more. All right. That's, that's I mean, and that might actually be lowballing it. It's a it's a kind of average RPG, um, but I had a lot of fun with it. And I'll I'll just here's what it is. It's a really small team, and so the out basically like the loop is create your own quest for the most part. Like unlike a Skyrim or something like that, it doesn't have a lot of extra quests, it just has lots of dungeons. And so if you need to get more powerful, well, just go into a dungeon and see if you can even, if you're worth a damn. Um, you've got a couple of main quests running at all times, and you've got a couple of fetch quests that run, but for the most part, you just explore and choose your own adventure. Oh, boy. Um, it is extremely open-ended uh, to that regard. Um, combat mechanics I actually liked quite a bit. Um, I didn't get way into the magic system, which is something I thought about doing, but not right now. And I got it on the $15, and it's been routinely on Green Man for 50% off, like, week after week after week after week. Yeah. And it is the weird backpack game. Um, That's what I thought. I mean, but it, it is very survivally, and there's even a more hardcore mode that I was planned. You never actually die, but you will lose money sometimes when you die. And you get hauled into a bandit camp or get hauled into a back-to-your-main-base um, and it has a setup to where you basically pick one of big three big factions, which tells you where you can set up your second house, so to speak. And then there you have your own set of skill trainers around there. But you can access all the skill trainers no matter what. It's just a long travel. Um, a lot of the game's length is padded by the travel. Um, I chose to engage in a lot of enemies as I traveled place to place instead of just straight running because right. I was getting drops and getting gear, but you never actually level up. You pay money to get skills. And your character is more powerful based on the gear that you have. And nothing levels with you. So sometimes when you get to a certain area, uh, you are way more powerful than everything around you. Every weapon has its own set of moves, which has their own set of uses. You cannot completely jack-of-all-trades it, which is what I started to do, and then immediately stopped after I realized that was a bad idea. Yeah. So I went through the game playing primarily, what was it, um, one-handed 
axe because I got a lot of bleed damage out of most axes and it was a really fast weapon. Um, and spear. So I had a bow that sometimes I used and I had a gun I sometimes used to pull. But you kind of like MMO mechanics, right? You see a group of enemies. They don't always just immediately aggro. You can pull one enemy away. So you shoot it with a bow. They all kind of start looking around. You hit the peg the guy again. And then he starts coming over, and then you switch weapons up to whatever you want to engage with. Right. Um, it is very difficult to engage with three different weapons, so I tended to pick a secondary weapon after that if I was going to use a pulling weapon. And then sometimes I just straight up went in, and I had a leap mechanic that I could use to where I could just disrupt the whole area and then just get down and dirty with everything all at once. But right. it is a very combat strategy heavy game like you really when you're the first 10 hours you can't engage more than really two things at a time without really playing carefully yeah so um it just reminds it's me got like, fairly solid combat mechanics it's got fairly unique spell casting mechanics very unique take on the survival element um food is necessary food gives you buffs it also provides you a substance also helps you with healing um as you are out in the wild longer the lower your max stats get and the before you have to sleep. The less sleep you have, the more mana you have, which is kind of a weird mechanic. So you can be very sleep-deprived and very magical. I mean, I feel very fucking magical when I get no sleep. <laughs> um, biggest <laughs> tips I will give anybody um, with the game is look and figure out where you can get... Uh, just tell you how to make one backpack that's a little bit better than what you start off with. It's a scaled backpack, and it takes one primitive backpack and two scaled leathers, and you can create a 60-slot backpack. And the best one you can buy early in the game is 50. This one does not provide encumbrance while rolling, so you can literally, literally leave the backpack on while you're moving around. Um, get yourself a traveler's cloak and just stick with it uh, until you get the upgraded one because it provides you with extra pouch space, which is extra weight you can carry. Um, and you can pretty much just carry most of the stuff you need around. You can also just craft bags and throw them in a circle around you wherever you want to be. Um, I set up shop. I set up two campfires, one for alchemy, one for cooking, four primitive backpacks, and that's where I stored my reagents. That's where I stored my extra weapons that I didn't want to sell. That's where I stored extra armors. Um, and the primitive backpacks literally cost like two leather and something else, and you get that while you're fighting shit in the stick. game. Two leather and a stick. Um, you won't get the same bonuses from sleeping on the ground as you will from sleeping in your house. But if you lose your house off the top, you can buy a tent pretty early on, too, that'll provide similar bonuses. Okay. And literally just set up a hobo camp in the middle of town, and you've pretty much got everything you need. <laughs> and I tended to set up, I set up multiple hobo camps. Yeah? Uh, throughout you took the fucking house? I'm going to sleep in the yard. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. And... And I was camped right in the merchant circle of the main town for the first one and did the exact same thing in the second one until I could afford a house. I just set up camp. Even left my tent. No, none of the NPCs fuck with their shit. They just path around it. So. Oh, look. A camp. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, like, yeah, if you I... can leave your tent out in the wilderness at a halfway point between stuff and use that, I tended to take a tent with me everywhere instead of the bag because I got extra bonuses. Um, from sleeping in the tent. You also can get ambushed and stuff. You can find a camouflage tent later on Yeah, that significantly reduces that. But Sweet. overall, um, combat RPG that is pretty fun, pretty story light, pretty build heavy. Um, you can kind of do whatever you want with it. Um, 15 bucks is great for poor man Skyrim. 
Yeah, uh, it's it's not the same quality as Skyrim. It is not the same quality of voice acting. It's uh, voice acting doesn't even match the t- text. Like honestly, most of the time, I turned off all the voice, read the text, and listened to podcasts while I endlessly explored different things that I could or could not get through. And some games are all right for that. I mean, the so much is craftable too. Yeah, like and you can look up some of the recipes and just craft stuff from like day one, basically. Sweet. I mean, it. For for a small team that you know, I have to give credit to small teams because it's like I mean, seven people. Yeah, it you know a game like that could get away from you as far as like development cycle, uh, and even if it's not like super fully featured, right? It still has a gameplay loop. It still has. Uh, a starting, well, a middle, and an end. Yeah, and they set it up in a way where you make a major decision and choice to join a faction, and then that's where the quests kind of open up in that area. You can still go and free explore that stuff from the beginning, but you don't. You'll basically get like two quests from the other factions. So let's say I join faction A, faction B give me like two quests, whereas faction A, like the dungeons, have a little bit more purpose and more direction. Uh, where in Faction B, like, I can still explore that stuff and get gear and stuff like that, but I won't get rewards like I will from the other one. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I just enjoyed the freedom that game provided, and it is super budget, fourteen ninety nine. Yeah. Most of the time, and then 30 bucks full price. But, right. Yeah, well, Green Man, about I've, I've seen sales on Green Man, GOG, and Steam. Yeah, if you're if you're getting 50 hours out of it. You know, fifteen bucks is easy. Yeah, it's pretty easy. That's that's our pitch for our college gamer. There you go. Um, it does have a pause too? Uh, if you've got pause, what? Uh, right. <laughs> well, a game that decidedly does not have pause, uh, and is very similarly priced right now, actually, uh, f- at least for the base game, uh, is a game that uh, I told you guys about. What was it? Two years ago. That I wasn't done with. What game is that? Monster Hunter World. Oh. <laughs> That's like a year and a half old. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it came out for consoles, and I picked it up. You picked it up. We both played you know, played for a little bit. I think you if know, I could count my Xbox hours, I'm probably about 300 hours into that game. Yeah. And I was about maybe 150-ish or so when I, you know, when I finally stopped playing. But I was, yeah, I was over... Uh, uh, Hunter rank fifty. Yeah, I think I had just gotten to Hunter rank fifty, and I was just um, I, I was just grinding through. I was playing longsword and bow. Uh, when I uh when I played the first time. Uh, so my biggest gripes for Monster Hunter World originally was all centered around my Xbox. <clears throat> as with anything, as with. Pretty much any game so far, I found that my Xbox was completely fucking underpowered for what the game wanted to throw at it. Uh, and, you know, the Xbox's uh, uh, frame rates and, you know, textures uh, just didn't wow me. Like, they didn't they didn't make me feel like this game was at its fullest potential. Of course, you guys right. were playing on the fucking higher, you know, higher powered Xboxes. And I was just, I was playing on my peasant style fucking Xbox. But any game that I can, uh, that I can pick up and play on PC, I'm going to, because I've got the rig for it, right? So, uh, when Monster Hunter World, 
uh, went on sale. And I think I picked it up for like maybe 15 or 20 bucks or something like that. It's about the same price now, and you might be able to find a sale for as low as seven. I've seen in some places uh, for the base game. Uh, getting into just the base game is still a fucking joy. Like, you know, especially on PC, fixed all of the you know the uh, the issues I had with frame rate, uh, and considering frame rate is actually kind of key for these kinds of games because. The higher the frame rate, the more you can see a telegraphed move before, you know, you can, you know, you can react to it better. Right. right. You know, and that is most of the game is, is reading the monster's moveset and seeing how they're telegraphing a move so that you can react to it. Um, so, you know, PC Master Race, you know, shit aside, I, uh, I, I started playing over, and of course, I have to start over from scratch, right? You know, it's it it, it kind of sucks that I have to go through the story again, but it gave me an opportunity to see what they've done so far uh, with Monster Hunter World, and of course, I'm starting after Iceborne. You know, I haven't bought the Iceborne expansion yet, but I will. Um, one of the things that uh, that I did was I said I played bow and I played longsword. I'm picking a new weapon. I'm starting from scratch with a whole new fucking weapon because, you know, there's 14 different fucking weapons in Monster Hunter World. It's worth it to actually give other weapons a try. So I started uh, playing with uh, the uh, Switch Axe. And uh, the Switch Axe is basically an axe that turns into a sword and you can combo the moves together. Uh, started playing with that, and then I realized it's not quite my play style. I, I, it's not bad. It's just not great. You said switch axe. Yeah, I think it's kind of tedious. So switch axe goes from uh, a more mobile axe form, and then when you go into the sword form, which is after after a combo, you literally switch the weapon over and flip the blade out to turn it into a sword. Um. It has a completely different move set and kind of moves at the same rate as a great sword does. Like you kind of, you know, half step along. You're not very fast. I mean, the swings are fast, but you as a character aren't moving very much, which means you're kind of stuck in a smaller area and can't really dodge away as quickly uh, from more mobile monsters. Uh, so I was having some troubles actually getting the combos right. And it was just, it just didn't feel right to me. And a lot of the weapons just kind of have to feel right. And of course there's a difference. I'm playing on keyboard and mouse now and keyboard and mouse controls for Monster Hunter World are, well, they're, they're different. And if you have a mouse that has multiple buttons on it, that is key. Absolutely key. Like. It's using every single button on my mouse just to be able to do certain attacks. And mm-hmm. it maps it to the, you know, to the mouse for the attacks. So, um, you know, for instance, the, uh, the switch axe, I have to press the, the top side button and that will do the, uh, the switch combo. So you can switch from the sword, uh, from the axe to the sword and back again. Uh, and the, uh, the, the bottom, uh, the bottom one has, 
uh, I think there's a couple different things. It can be mapped uh, in a, a couple different ways, but it felt better than controller to me. So, yeah, Switch Axe kind of kind of fell by the wayside, uh, and I was like, all right, let's go to the training room. We need to find out what's going on here. We need to find a weapon. And uh, a, a, a weapon type that doesn't do very well in the training room, but I was determined to learn, was the heavy bow gun. I don't okay. know. I, I mean... What's your problem? What's my problem? Why would you? That I fucking hate the heavy bow gun. So, so this is this is a thing about the heavy bow gun that uh, that gets glossed over. Like most people pick up the light bow gun because it's mobile, right? You can dodge out of the way of shit. Uh, you do have like the rapid fire ammo types, and the ammo types really take some, you know, take some getting used to you know, get your head around the ammo types because it's very complex. You know, uh, bow is complex enough because it's got like, you know, a a number of different coatings that you can put on the arrows, but it has, it's kind of like that middle ground between melee because it does have combos, um, you know, charge combos for the, uh, for the bow. Uh, but it's also very stamina heavy. You know, you use stamina to fire and to evade. So if you don't have good stamina management, you're not going to do any damage. Um, and it has, of course, the, you know, the different weapon coatings. For heavy bow guns, it's all about the fucking ammo. And, well, bow guns in general, it's all about the ammo and what ammo you can load into the weapons. Uh, and being able to, you know, to do what you can with what you've got. Heavy Bowgun has one additional benefit. Heavy Bowgun can mount a shield on the front of the gun. So this was game-changing for me. This absolutely made the game way better for me. So the way that the the Heavy Bowgun works is if you've got the shield augment on it, as long as you are aiming down the sights of the gun... And facing the monster, if they go to hit you, it's going to act like the shield from a lance. As long as you are facing the attack, it's going to auto-block atta- uh, auto it while you're aiming down the sights. Of course, there's a period of time between firing and when the shield becomes active again. And when you don't block when you reload. But... The f- the fact of the matter is, is you know, I know it's been a while, but you remember the Nergagante fight, right? I mean, I remember the name Nergagante. Okay, so Nergagante has has. Being, I remember not liking it for quite a while. Right. So there is one main attack that Nergagante does that is basically a uh, when his spikes get all black and he flies up into the air and does a dive bomb, right? That dive bomb has like a hitbox where you can get damaged that is in a big straight line and is really hard to dodge as a melee character, right? You have to get out of it. Uh, and most of the time you try to Superman dodge out of it, which gives you 
uh, iframes so that you can Superman dodge out of the damage. Right. With the heavy bow gun, I see him charging up that ability. I sit in a spot. Just pull my gun out and aim down the sights at him. And if I'm if I'm at full stamina and I'm aiming down the sights, I can tank that that attack completely. A tank it, not move, just fucking like come at me, bro, and fucking <laughs> tank that shit, and then I can go right to town at him because I'm already aiming down the sights. So I just whip now around. You know why I like gun lance and regular lance so much, right? So you just it's just like things come at me. It's just like you just brace. Right. So with the heavy bow gun, it allows you to kind of build that way so that you can tank just like a gun lance or a lance uh, and take less damage or completely negate the damage in some places. Uh, And, uh, you know, depending on your build. So I'm like, fuck, yeah. This is this is my playstyle. So I started playing around with the heavy bow gun a lot. Uh, it is challenging uh, in a couple different spots, especially considering you have to make sure that you have materials to craft new ammo on the fly, and it's it adds a level of difficulty that I didn't get from the first time I played uh, Monster Hunter World, and a little add a little complexity to it. Um, but it also is very simple. I mean, point, right. gun, and shoot. Very, that's what the fucking... What do you do with small monsters? So small monsters, uh, I end up using, you know, just a couple different ammo types. Most of the time, if they're susceptible to poison, I'll poison the crap out of them. Um, if they're susceptible to sleep, I'll put them to sleep because you have that, you have ammo types for those types of things. So you can stun them, sleep them, poison them, do whatever you need to do to uh, to break them down. Um, and you have uh, you have a limited amount of shots for uh, for the uh, wyvern ammo, which is basically a close range shotgun burst of like a lot of fucking damage. It's how you wake up monsters. Uh, it's it's the uh, uh, it, it's the charge, uh, charge blade slam from the fucking, uh, you know, the uh, great sword. It's it's yeah, and you you've got one of those for I think every weapon of right. some sort, right? Some the, one the big lance heavy has hit. got a pretty big hit. Yeah, the gun lance has a ridiculous like charge hit that I fucking love. Right, you know, and I played around with the you know with the gun lance, but it just, just didn't feel right. Um. The uh, the the thing with you know the heavy bow guns is that they get you know they get better as you go and you can you kind of get a gun for every situation. Uh, right now the I guess the meta in uh, in Iceborne is uh, spread shot, which is basically a shotgun shot. Uh, so you're really close to the monster and you're just laying into him with you know with uh, spread ammo. Um, it used to be cluster bombs where you just kind of turn your gun into a mortar and shoot mortars at, you know, at the monster. Right. Uh, but I think they, they nerfed that, the damage output on that. So most people have just gone to a spread shot, which gives me a couple target weapons to go towards. Uh, and it's 
ridiculously easy to make the you know make your character stupid tanky because if you've got guard up which as a lance user you know guard up guard and uh you know and a good shield will reduce the amount of damage that you take and the amount of stamina that you uh that you use when blocking so those things work with the uh, with the heavy bow gun, so that the shield that is almost always up because you're firing through it uh, will tank just about anything in the game. Uh, and right now, that is uh, that's being used to take down some of the you know the hardest bosses in the game. It's. It is a fun play style, and I like the you know I like the additional challenge of learning the new weapon. Uh, it it flows well with light bow gun because you'll already have the ammo, uh, right. so you you can kind of interchange those. If you need to be more mobile on a fight, you can go to a light bow gun, uh, and if you need that shield, you can go to the heavy bow gun. So it it has it, it has its uses, and I really do find myself enjoying this game again. You know, I'm going to, you know, explore Iceborne once uh, once I get to that point. I mean, getting through the base game is always the hard part, and you can't use any of the Iceborne stuff until you beat the base game. So once you beat the last boss of the base game, you can go on to the new area. Uh, Capcom did actually make some changes to the base game so that you could kind of catch up uh if you're a new player they've added a defender armor set which gives you like health boost uh divine uh divine protection which gives you like a damage reduction when you do get hit uh and a couple other like nice to have you know newbie style you know uh skills so it makes it so that you're much tankier at the beginning of the game and you know i remember Anjanath, the first time you fought the Anjanath, it was like, that was the hurdle. That was a skill check there. Because um, you needed the Anjanath parts to be able to do or build some of the better weapons. Um, that's completely gone now. You can kind of barrel right through. The first time I actually fainted was uh, on Nergagante. <laughs> That was. And Have you I, been playing solo the whole time? I've been playing solo. Um, That's good. Uh, like, especially in my situation uh, with the animals, right? Yeah, it, it's helpful to. I've been kind of. I've had that on the back burner. I got it on sale. I was talking about this a few weeks ago, and it's just been sitting there. And it's not that I don't like Monster Hunter because, like I said, I put. A sh it's one of the games in the last couple of years I've put more than a hundred hours in. Um, but I've just been waiting until, you know, the dog grew up a little bit and it's calmed down. Mm. Um, I'm glad that's the case. Yeah, dude. It's, uh, it's if you haven't played Monster Hunter World, uh, it is, you know, time to do it because you can actually catch up fairly quickly. Like, I've gotten through, I think I've got maybe 30 hours into the game, right? Uh, and I'm up to the three Elder Dragons before 
uh, the last yeah, one. Yeah, and that was like a, a 60 hour grind, easy before. Right. And I'm, you know, so I've cut that in half just by using the defender weapons. And as it's, soon it's as like they want you to get to the DLC. They do. And that's, that's the whole point uh, of the defender, uh, the defender tree is to kind of catch people up without selling a, you know, like a DLC pack or something like that to, uh, to kind of capitalize on it. Right. Which is kind of a nice, you know, nice thing. They want people to actually see Iceborne and, uh, do some things with it. Um, there has been some changes with the Iceborne that even affect the base game, even if you don't have uh, if you don't have the DLC. Uh, there is a new stun state for uh, I call it a stun state for the monster. So after a certain uh, certain amount of damage, the monster will kind of turn sideways and drool for a little bit. Uh, it's a mechanic so that you can use the uh, the new claw attack uh, in Iceborne to kind of attach to the monster and kind of do a side mount and do some damage and soften up a, a piece of the hide. Um, but in the base game, what that means is that if you do enough damage, you can kind of stun lock them uh, in a way so that you can you know prevent them from doing their attacks and you can get a good free short period of uh, of extra damage in on them, which is kind of nice. Uh, especially versus, you know, assholes like fucking Rathalos and fucking Anjanath and, you know, <laughs> just, you know, monsters that go into their enraged state and piss you off. <laughs> right. Well, that sounds like that's still a viable thing. I may jump back in here at some point. Yeah, it's... Although I just picked up Wilson this evening. Yeah. The... Literally have no real impression to speak of. So I'll, I'll, it's a, it's an ARPG made with uh, Frostbite. Yeah. Um, it looks great. I mean, it looks it, really good. Seems to be running at an extremely high FPS. It just came out of early access yesterday. So I've been waiting longer before I get stuff. Right. And it had seen it, you know. I almost jumped in Grim Dawn like four different times in the last few weeks. Yeah, it's and I was like, I've played a lot of Grim Dawn. I haven't given myself something new to play, so you know, try out some Wilson. Yeah, I, and I, I I'm, I'll probably talk a little bit more about it next week or the week after. We'll just see what my availability is like. But yeah. Jason, have you been playing anything new? Nope, still trying to finish Zelda. That's okay. I got. How I got far are we? stuck in that. Um, I must find everything and upgrade as much as That's possible. Kind of the game, yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> expected from Zelda. Uh, so I have, I have gone through all four divine beasts. I just got to do Ganon, but I'm stuck in that. Before I do Ganon, I must find everything whole. Yeah, I mean, you can still find the shrines um, and stuff after you be- defeat Ganon, but it does kind of like once you know it, I'm with going an open into game that fight with as many hearts as I can muster. Yeah, and it's that's fair. I mean, there are some uh, some. I mean, you know, Ganon himself, I don't think was really overly difficult. Like, I didn't think I needed to uh, needed so many hearts to you know to defeat him. Uh, some of the uh, uh, some of the monsters in the uh, you know in the way, yeah. those those kind of oh, sucked. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm planning on. So like right now, I have without doing the 
the shrines that are uh, major tests of strength. Uh, majors, not too bad. Like once you get uh, um, the the best thing that you could do is uh, is make sure that you go uh, and farm some of the uh, some of the elemental you know weapons. Yeah. Uh, get some of those elemental weapons and a lot of the uh, what yeah. is it the fucking uh, the uh, the, the what is, ancient weapons. Well, you could use the ancient weapons, but they kind of break easy. Um, it, you can f- farm some of like the the longer like flame swords, the uh, the flame sword. The you know, there's an the ice sword. sword. Yeah, the great swords. Those great swords yeah. do a fuckload of damage, uh, and you can farm they, up a fuckload of them. They do. I've got to expand my equipment slots now, which means I'm. Finding I have finished. Seeds. I have finished shrine hunting. Right now, now you're I'm fucking seed hunting. Karak seed farming, um, and then I'll. I'll go from there. Uh, what are um, the uh, what are the fucking what's the name of the fucking uh, Lionel something or others? Yeah, those bitches. So once you get good at those, you can actually defeat those very regularly and get a large amount of good weapons from them. They have some of the better weapons in the game. Yeah. Um, well, I figured that out from as quickly as I can kill you. The the key to those guys is to do the critical dodge. So if you can uh if you can time it just right, you can dodge every one of their attacks to get to a, the point where you can kind of mount them and do the extra fucking back damage to them. Yeah. To me it just reminds me of Monster Hunter, but uh it does uh, it it is just that. You do you know, you don't straight up fucking like try to fight those guys. You always sit there and do the dodge attacks. Yeah. Because if you can get the time to slow down and you do a bunch of fucking attacks that way, it's it's great. And once you upgrade the master sword, did you upgrade it? Did you get it or did you upgrade it? I have it. I haven't upgraded it yet. Upgrade the master sword, and that will be one of the uh, one of the go to weapons. For I haven't discovered down. how to upgrade that yet. Mm, you'll upgrade it. Upgrade it. Find a way to upgrade it. Look it up if you need to. But there is a way to kind of give that a little extra boost, uh, and it'll last longer. And that, and it's one of the weapons that I used a lot when fighting those because I didn't want to break all of the weapons that I was getting trying to get more of the weapons. So use a weapon that is kind of rechargeable is the way I see the Master Sword. Or I, you know, or I found a, a different uh, a different route that you could go to. And yeah. uh, you can kind of farm up some of the great swords, and those those help out too. Yeah. So that's kind of really what I'm a geek, dude. That's I, kind of I really what I'm things. working on. You know, I've played a little bit more, uh, uh, play a little bit of Mario Kart and Mario Party with the kids because yeah. I've got those of course. two. But of course. 
Yeah, you know, I for, finished... for the most part, I think uh, the wife has been relishing me having the Switch because she and uh, uh, the eldest have just been playing survival in the Division One. Of course, my wife loves that game mode. Um, so you know, I've just been pouring everything I got in Zelda, including my lunch breaks. Hey, I mean, it's gotten I mean, some use. I know I went back to something because I didn't really make it through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I if you've seen me on Steam, you know that I've been playing some Mech Warrior or BattleTech. I mean, BattleTech, yeah, heavy metal. Um, man, I it is hard. That's phrasing aside. Yeah, that like it all ties together, right? Um, it's one of those things where, so I did, I didn't do the career. I went back through or not the career. I didn't go through the campaign. I went through the career uh-huh. and it assigns you, you can set it to assign you random mechs and you can assign it to insta kill. Like I'm playing a little bit harder playing on Iron Man mode. I don't know why the fuck I hate myself so much. <laughs> you just like, I want to I play played the with like less payout and a bunch of other stuff. Um, I am a third of the way through a campaign right now, and I just now got medium mechs because I keep spending so much on repairs because I'm not reloading saves or anything like that. Uh-huh. I'm just dealing with deaths as it comes. I mean, I'm using my eject button a lot more now because I'm like, I need to save that pilot. I can't afford to level up another pilot over like 10 more missions. Right. Um, I guess we're going to go three-man this now because this has been beat to shit paying way more attention to facing you know on what parts of the mech get blown apart there's a lot more new weapons to play that with without even having rogue tech uh one of the weapons they have is called an lbx which is basically a shotgun mm-hmm. um and the lbx is pretty fucking cool they've got missiles that create heat so you can overheat mix from afar mix mix um there's a lot more variable weapon parts so like different types of heat sinks different types of ways to expand your max heat um, the abilities flow together a little bit differently with this. Um, there are a lot more variety in mechs and a lot more specials that come with mechs now. So they're not before like with the hatchet man, which is one of the ones from one of the other expansions. If you got the arm blown off, you lost the hatchet and that mech was fucking useless at that point because it was basically a, a light medium that a, had a gimp. <laughs> yeah. A light medium that now had no purpose. Right. Um, which is really just put a long-range weapon on it and then get close up and start bashing faces. So I've been playing a lot more carefully. I mean, like, they've got the flea in this, and there's, like, five variants of the flea. Like, they added variants to everything, like, so many variants. I've got a... So they got the ultra-auto cannons, which fire two shots. They also do double heat. But I've got a ultra-AC-20, which is the highest caliber weapon in the game, with plus 20 damage and plus 20% crit that fires two shots at 120 damage. Wow. Um, on a Wolverine, and it's the only weapon it has. It's good for 10 rounds, but it backstabs everything because aside from an Atlas, most things carry only 50 armor on the back, and then it's 50 ammo on the chassis. So you literally can just like rush one this shot. thing way in and one-shot mediums with it. And, like, it even two-shot at a fucking Atlas with this thing. Like, I got pulled its fire away with a medium called a Vindicator, which I called the Brawlinator, and had a whole bunch of extra <laughs> stuff on it to make it more tanky mm-hmm. and a lot more brawly. So it had a lot of support weapons on it. It had, like, a single laser to close the distance and, like, an LRM-5 to be somewhat supportive until it got where it needed to be. 
but a max status jump jets, max status armor, max status support weapons, and maxed out like extra arm attachments for extra hits. And that Brawlinator is pretty tough for a medium. It's got almost as much, uh, you know, armor as like a fucking a heavy, not an assault, but it's fucking heavy. Mm-hmm. And I draw fire with that thing and then just get in there, circle around back with the fucking, uh, you know, the Wolverine with an Ultra AC-20. Like I said, it's good for 10 rounds, but it's a very specific killer. Uh, have something called they have, uh, the Snub PPCs, which is a shotgun shot PPC that shoots five shots, all with their own individual damage. Any one of those that hits also does the debuff that it does. Right. Um. And I've been basically core and stuff with, I've got an enforcer of all things, which I thought was going to be a shit mech, but it's got an LBX-10 and it's got a, PP, a snub PPC with a guy with really high, basic, real high uh, aim. And so I literally just take it and I rain shotgun blast things with this. It takes out lights usually in one round if I can do a focus fire. Even without the focus fire, if it's a real small light, like... If if half of what that what is being shot hits, usually corn shit. Yeah. LBX ten is good. It's like twelve times ten damage in a spread. And then Damn. the PPC, right? So normal AC ten is sixty damage times one point, like right? One, one precision one precision spot, right? Right. But this is twelve in ten spots, right? And the snub is like twenty times six or twenty times five. So it's 100 damage, but if you get it spread on a torso, that plus the LBX usually just, it's just a one-two hit on any of these lights, but it's just, it's good for ripping off arms. And it's just this little combination, this little scrappy mess that I got right now with what I've been given has been working and it's been a unique challenge. And obviously it's really good game to just play while listening to a podcast and kind of mindlessly grind through shit. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, BattleTech is uh, as of right as of the end of the month, we'll get its final update, and Hairbrained Screams is moving on. So there will be no more BattleTech turn-based RPG. Well, it, it had a support for like eighteen months. Right, it, I've got four hundred hours in that game. Basically, it's it, it's gotten a good run, and I mean that doesn't necessarily mean that the you know that the community is not going to continue. The to community's do, been so. going this whole time, so uh, Rogue Tech. I didn't check recently, but Rogue Tech was the one that added about the other sixty mechs that it's missing. Right. Um, he's been pretty close to the latest build, and may already be up through heavy metal. So after this last patch, I'm sure Rogue Tech will catch back up, which has been a Makes it more interesting because it adds the weapons that weren't there. And it's got piecemeal mechs that you can make out of that. Yeah. Um, career mode is, or campaign, or career mode is perfect for rogue, or for rogue tech. So if you can't get enough battle tech like me, um, there you go. Yeah. Shit. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's a game that I, I was interested in. I played a little bit of it. I didn't play nearly as much as you have, and I didn't get through the story. Uh, it, it was, I have to be in a mindset for a lot of games, as you know, uh, and I really gave it a go. I mean, I still have it. It's still installed. I mean, it's just, uh, uh, for me, turn-based strategy games have to, you know, I have to be in the mood for it, you know, right. as with just about any other game, really. Um, 
otherwise it just kind of falls by the wayside. And I think there was another game that came out right around that time that I was playing it that kind of caught my interest and off I off I went. Uh, I do not have a consistent ADD that, like you do. I, I tend to play a game until I'm either done with it or I beat it. Um, and, you know, the one game that, you know, recently, you know, that I am done with, I beat it twice. Um, Was that Grim Dawn? Grim Dawn. Uh, I got up to the ultimate... Uh, ultimate level about level 90 I think it was um, and uh, got my ass kicked by a fucking uh, you know zombie uh, at the beginning of the fucking you know game it, the, once you get is into the ultimate, game plus this is yeah the ultimate uh, ultimate level is basically like you know the the monsters have a lot more health. They have uh, a lot more damage. So you have to be tankier, and your resistances are reduced by fifty percent. Uh, so you have to have a lot more resists on your gear. And if you don't have your resists maxed at eighty percent or greater, um, things like poison will kill you. You know, like a poison cloud on the ground will fucking tick away like half of your health before you realize it. Jesus. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. You know, uh, elemental damage and status effects are, you know, a lot more hardcore in the ultimate difficulty. So um, I had the damage to be able to kill things in ultimate. It was just my character wasn't, you know, geared to the point where it could tank a lot of the damage. Uh, so I said, all right. I think I'm done. <laughs> I just, you know, closed out of the game. I was like, all right, that got to a level of stupid really quickly. Uh, and it was, uh, it's, it's the challenge for the really hardcore is basically and, what it is. Yeah. And what it, you know, what it turned out to be is, um, you kind of have to get through ultimate and all the way through the story and all the way through all the DLC content. To be able to do what you really want to do with the end game, and that is to get the uh, you know get all of the really top end gear at the you know with really good rolls, uh, and it was. I mean, I understand that that's there for the people who are just like balls to the wall deep into this fucking thing, and uh, I I am not. Why is my la- my phone so goddamn loud? Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so there is, you know, so I've, I set it aside and and immediately went directly to Monster Hunter World. No, no, wait. I lie. I played about three hours of, uh, of, uh, uh, the Outer Worlds. Okay. (laughs) I played about three hours of the Outer Worlds before I realized I built my character wrong and I decided that uh, I needed to start fresh. <laughs> <laughs> what build did, were you going with? Um, two-handed stupid. Um, <laughs> Maybe not the best first playthrough. Yeah, so my first playthrough cannot really be two-handed stupid. 
Um, I and I was going two-handed meathead because that was what I planned on. Um, but uh, I think I will get much more enjoyment out of that game by going with a uh, relatively smart uh, ranged character, probably. Yeah, I can't. You can specialize specialize in types of weapons, right? Right. You can specialize in you know one handed, two handed, and uh, and ranged and melee. Yeah, I think mine was like a intelligence crit build, right? With like you know sidearms, basically, right? And I think that's kind of kind uh, kind of where I want to go with it is uh, it kind of gives you a pestle right away. And the pistol, right. you know, pistol works out fairly well, uh, but, you know, I also picked up a fucking, like, staff of some sort. Like, that was the first two-handed weapon I, I saw. For the for the most part, I used sniper rifles and pistols. Right. And I picked up the staff, which basically slowed down the gameplay considerably because you spend a lot more time... Sneaking up on people and bashing them up upside the head with the fucking staff. Because uh, running up to somebody while they're fucking shooting a, an assault rifle at you is, uh, well, a good way to die. <laughs> yep. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm going to give that game a go. But immediately after, uh, immediately after Grim Dawn was not the time. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, my gamer IDD is just going to be a mix of uh, battle mechs of some sort, whether it be Mech Warrior to finish that out if I want to, or if it's Battletech, or if it's Wilson. I and mean, I've got one other one on the radar. I just need to see what finances look like and if I should be spending twenty more dollars. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, there's a load of fairly good games coming out, and of course with. Uh, you know, with DLCs for some of the, uh, you know, some game-changing DLCs for, you know, for games that have come out over the last year and our backlogs. We'll, oh, we'll that reminds have... me. Thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah. I did, um, I did, I've had something on the back burner that I did try out. Frostpunk had a DLC, the just release. Yeah. I really like Frostpunk and I realized how much I sucked when I tried the DLC first, so I went back to the base game. Um, so Frostpunk, if you don't remember, is the kind of survival city builder in the snow in a steampunk universe. You got a generator that you got to kind of like overcome problems of food and resources while you build your city. Um, they've got another one called like Last Autumn that focuses on the, uh, the, the core mechanics are quite a bit different. It really flips things on its head. So you don't start off with a generator at all. Because you don't need it. Yeah. You have a pit that is a hole to where the lava is that powers these generators. And you're dealing with the people and your laws to create unions for either the engineers or the labor force. And the types of things that happen is like if you don't enforce like safety procedures and build basically rails, people fall in the pit and die and start to revolt. So you deal a lot with... Um, strikes, like labor strikes. Well, you have some people that are scavenging for resources. So instead of having the group of people that hunts food and brings it back, mm -hmm. um, you start with limited food that you're cooking 
and then you send people search parties out to get food. Um, but a lot of the build order for that game is building your generator to get to winter. Right. So everything revolves on figuring out ways to get the materials you need to start the next tier tree for building the generator and doing it within a time limit without while managing your strikes and things like that, which is a completely different way of playing that game. Like so, even the, some of the buildings are different. So yeah. So, so that basically is building up to the, the, the winter gameplay from, you know, the base game. Right. Yeah, basically the story is like you're on an expedition and you're at, it's at the utmost importance, but nobody realizes why. So an example of one of the scenarios I ran into is I decided to build, uh, bury somebody on site, so at the build site versus letting them go back to London to get buried. Mm -hmm. And it caused a strike because they're like, why are you not letting us go back home? And like the setup for this is you've been set on the C for Secret mission and you've got to figure out how to build this generator. And you haven't been told why. You just know that it's really important that you do this. Like there's been, it's of the utmost importance that you learn how to how to build this generator. Wow. Um, but yeah, you deal with weird stuff. Like you build something, you build different things to offset problems. So one of the problems that you have in this huge hole in the ground is noxious gas comes out of the ground and starts to choke the workers. And so I have a device that filters the gas on the ground level around the generator build station, basically, like the, the work site. Um, and you're constantly picking up additional survivors like you did in the last game. Um, you're still sending scouts out to the wasteland to find things. It never really tells you where it's at, but you assume it's like in Siberia or something, you know? Right. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, it's a, it's a really unique take, and I know that's a really abridged version. This isn't a full proper review because I haven't beat it, and I haven't gotten further than, like, 30 days into it um, because I kept fucking face planting so hard. Yeah, well, It's way harder than the base game because I'm not used to it. Like the base game, I made it through almost every scenario except for one um, after a few tries. So the, the, um, Frostpunk, the if you don't know what it is, nigh. yeah, Frostpunk, if you don't know what it is, I mean, it's on Game Pass right now for Xbox and for PC. So if you're curious at even a little bit about a weird city survival game, um, Frostpunk is its own mess, but it, I really like it. It is. Uh, it is and a I'm, balancing of bad scenarios. Yeah. I mean, you know, the child labor thing. Right? Yeah. It's a fucking child labor. Hey, you know what? Those kids got to earn their meals too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I mean, and then you've got basically the for the base game, you've got two trees that branch out of that to manage your... Uh, you know, your manage the humans, uh, what we call it, not lust for life, basically manage their happiness, right? Right. And so managing that happiness is either through force, so labor, so you basically turn it into a concentration camp, you... or through religion, and you motivate people through religion. And in this one, you don't have that same, some of the same options. So you have the religion option, and then you have the labor unions. Um, which is a little bit different. There's also a motivation bar on the bottom, which is not, which is separate from the other thing. So when the motivation bar falls too low, it's when, and in conjunction with your um, general welfare, right? That's when the strikes start to happen. And you've got sometimes you can pay off the strikes. Sometimes you can add extra rations. Sometimes you have to shorten their work days. Like there's all sorts of things, but you've got a schedule to keep to continue to meet the demands. And you don't get to, you get to fail like once. 
And if you fail once, you can never fail again, at least according to how far I've gotten. I've gotten to like stage tier three out of like eight. Um, it is pretty damn difficult, but it's pretty cool. And I really like the sound design of that game and the visual design of that game. Really like the like the inception right. noise that it makes as each new day happens. The 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 day horn. The day horn. That's it's a day horn. <laughs> um, made by the same team that did War Mine. Just as an FYI. Yeah, uh, it's they, a, they make pretty solid games. It's it's a good game, and and it's you know I I thought that seeing a DLC come out for it, I thought that the only direction that they really could have taken is either a different part of the world, would they you know where they did you know something similar, like where they built the generators. Well, and just uh, or, like. Doing a complete, you've got some of the same mechanics, but something completely different. Like it's a mm-hmm. pretty big change up, right? So that it's it's interesting that they went, you know, went the direction of like the pre-winter setup for it. Because I mean, you when you start, you know, when you start the game, you're just basically dropped into a hole with this big generator there with no really, you know, no real explanation as to how the generator got there in the first place and this kind of right. this kind of answers that these guys tend to support their games a long time so war of mine had like two or three expansions which is a pretty decent game and then moonlighter was also the same studio moonlighter's fantastic so they're all pretty unique games honestly yeah i don't got anything else rusty you have anything else no i'm good uh let's go ahead and take a break all right we'll be back Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Getting mauled by many pities. <laughs> many pities? Many pities. I mean, she is kind of small, but... Hey! Still yeah. Counts. We're back from break. Yeah. Lots Feeling of love from the podcast I, mascot. Yeah. Um, been a weird day. I'm just thinking about just the convert, the the context of conversation is just keeps relating back to her old... Um, it, God, we're not overly old. No, but we're pretty fucking old. We're, we're in that weird, barely. Me and you, Rusty, are like on the edge of Gen X, and Jason's not that far behind. Fucking, if we're, you, we're due for our midlife crisis now. We are. And you know, I was we talking are. about my CD collection the other day, which I still have. It's just been moved into the bedroom, so I'm here, so the dog doesn't get to it. But uh, yeah, sitting there watching uh, if. If you're an old metal fan from like the 90s and 2000s, uh, you probably know who the fuck Fear Factory is. Um, kind of their own thing and still their own thing. And I was watching a video of uh, one of the main guys named Dino Cazares, uh play guitar. And I was thinking to myself, he looks like one of my dad's buddies. <laughs> he's out of shape. Uh, he's tight as fuck. He's like, he's getting into B.B. King territory with his uh, demeanor. Oh, <laughs> well. Like I used to be seventy and playing something like still edgy as fuck. It's just weird. It's a weird place it for music. Doesn't, it doesn't you know, matter I, what you look like. You if can you can play music. If you're really interested in just like listening to commentary on music from a humorous perspective, if you're in our age range and know who the hell Henry Rollins is, 
I recommend a lot of his spoken word. There's a bit that he does that says, he says, I'm more badass than your kids. And <laughs> I'll say having a kid in the house um, and listening to what she listens to versus what I listen to, I'm probably, she absolutely despises what I listen to. But I will say that when I was a kid, I was listening to stuff I felt like was a lot more badass. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, so was I. Even the rap I was listening to is way more badass. Yeah. Well, there's shit on the radio these days. Now we're starting to get into, like, the old man territory. I'm just thinking, I mean, as old as he is, like, fucking Ice-T, like, spans multiple genres, right? Yeah. Right? You've got Body Count and you've got Ice-T. I mean, he's got a metal band and he's got a rap band and he kicks ass in both. I mean, and he does video game reviews. Like, Ice-T's one of my heroes. There you go. I mean, there's, yeah, there's, there's been quite a bit of change. But I mean, I this is the reason why I don't listen to radio anymore. I mean, I honestly, touch, I, I can't fucking radio. stand what's on the radio. But anymore. it's just annoying. Like I was thinking about this today too. Like I used to buy a lot of CDs, and I still do. Like I've got a music subscription that I use Amazon Music. I'm pretty pretty tied to that i mean it started with my prime and then realizing i could get stuff on demand essentially yeah but then i go back and i buy cds if i like something so essentially they kind of get double credit for whatever i'm getting yeah and it's just weird like release day i'd run to the record store and there's only like two record stores in town now you know and they just mostly sell vinyl you can still find cds but it's pretty rare at this point like you almost have to mail order shit yeah because people just download it like it's too convenient you know i there's uh you know talking about old man music uh emperor or something i was into when i was younger can't really stand it anymore it's kind of like old black metal stuff the guitarist from that band's name goes by isan as an artist and he uh has a metal cover of uh, lenny kravitz on his new um ep called telemark that I'm pretty tied to that just released on Valentine's Day. And I'll probably be picking that CD up in a few weeks. <laughs> this guy. Yeah. From uh, Black Metal <laughs> to Lenny Kravitz. That's what uh, this guy does. You know, does a saxophone with metal, and I really like saxophone. So, anyways. Interesting. Uh, uh, moving on. Jason, were you were picking apart some news bits while we were kind of on break, weren't you? I hope I was. was. Thank God. I, I was. Because I slacked. <laughs> I was. Man, even in the first part, like what you don't know because you can't see what we're doing is we'll start talking about something and I've got some ADD and I was sitting there watching all these stupid food videos of things I couldn't eat, like just pretending I was there. Son of a bitch. I mean, yeah, it's Valentine's Day. The closest thing I got to candy was a uh, meal replacement bar that had a little bit of chocolate in it. (laughs) It's It's like here, here, here's your chocolate fucking cocoa powder <laughs> yeah I, basically i was doing that uh i almost considered cheating again but i'd already cheated with you know you just do cocoa butter cocoa powder and then throw some stevia in it close your eyes and think it's chocolate frosting yeah, right <laughs> but jason what you got so some finalized numbers were in as we've mentioned a couple times over over the last month, um, of course, it was being reported that Witcher, sale, Witcher 3, the Wild Hunt sales, uh, really jumped uh, thanks to the Netflix series. CD Projekt Red, thanks you. 
December 2019's numbers are finally in, and there was a 554% increase in sales from December 2018 to December 2019. CD Projekt Red, really, thank you. <laughs> I wonder I wonder like, what the total, did they sell another million copies because of that show? Probably well, you close know they to, were, yeah. There are over 30 million copies sold of that game at this point. Like, it's it's approaching, like, classic game sales well yeah the thing about wild hunt is i mean it's just it's just fucking stellar but you know you know it's gonna cost what's that it they see that jump and they see the people are uh, are playing the witcher 3 and of course it's tied to the netflix series right you right. know you've got people watching that and they're like oh this is a really cool this is a really cool character you know let's play the game right um so There's, by June of last year, they'd hit forty million, right? So they probably sold another couple million, uh, you know, over you know over the course of the last couple months, just from you know just from oh, The Witcher. Yeah. Uh, but you have to think uh, when you're CD Projekt Red, they're like the last masterpiece that they created was you know you know Witcher three, right? And then now they're staring down the barrel of the release for Cyberpunk, and it's got to be as good, if not better, than Witcher Three. Oh, I mean, yeah. as far as as far as it releasing, right? So it, it's like setting the bar really fucking high for you know for what's coming down the pipe. Um, I know. I mean, I'm looking at it kind of that way. It's got to. It's got to basically knock the socks off of me. You know, at this point. Um. I'm not overhyping it. I really haven't followed it super hard because I really don't want to overhype myself. I'm not pre-ordering it because pre-orders are dumb. No pre-ordering what? Cyberpunk. Um, uh, you know, but uh, it's I'm not pre-ordering anything. I don't. I don't. I don't. Uh, I've gotten away from pre-ordering anything unless there is something like overly fucking like. Well, I mean, I am. I am going to play Final Fantasy VII Remake. That's just a given. It's part of my history. Oh, it comes want... out next month, doesn't it? It comes out in uh, April, I think it is. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so I know I am going to buy that game. No question. Going to buy that game. I will play it. But I will not pre-order it. No. I will not pre-order it. Uh, because I believe that the whole pre-order thing is causing, you know, causing a bigger issue in the gaming industry, and I'm not going to support any of it. The bigger issue being kind of inflating numbers before release, and uh, you know, just though the the general idea is to temper your expectations anyway, uh, yeah. even if you know that you're going to buy the game. You know, buy the game when it comes out. I mean, it's been that way since fucking games were on cartridges. Buy it when it came out. Don't, you know, don't fucking pre-order it. You know, a lot of times the pre-order bonuses are just fucking frivolous. You forget that they even exist after the first hour or two of gameplay anyway. So it's, you know, it's it's not worth it. It's not worth it to, uh, you know, to perpetuate a bad business practice. 
Exactly. So, I, I mean, you know, Cyberpunk's going to come out, and I'm going to buy that, too. I am fairly certain that that's going to be a game I will be playing this year. Um, And it's got to be good. Got to be real good. Because, I mean, they've got a history now. Don't, real good. Don't what fucking it, Bioware it. it. <laughs> what if it flops? <laughs> yeah, don't Bioware it, right? Don't fucking like anthem that fucking game because uh you know I don't think I don't think that uh many many people will fucking you know you will uh, if it flops hard like anthem level hard which I doubt but if it does I mean it's going to be a studio wrecker especially for them I mean BioWare had you know they BioWare had fucking money behind them that's the only reason why they haven't yet been dissolved uh but cd project red is independent you know so it's you know if it if cyberpunk fails it's gonna hurt them hard oh yeah yeah but i don't think it's gonna fail i think that the that the time that they're spending on it is to make sure that the game is polished and if Wild Hunt has done anything to you know to prove that they can put put together a well polished game yeah I'm looking forward to it fucking what is what's next man so next up we have a little bit of division news oh boy what do we got? So, Division is uh, officially releasing the first part of the Season 2 expansion I heard about uh, this. on March 3rd. They are... They have officially dubbed it Warlords of New York. I heard about this. And are taking the series back to where it started. In new areas, however. So, they are going... To go back to New York, but they're going into Battery Park, Civic Center, Two Bridges, and Financial Districts. Okay. And they have revealed that you will, at least for the story part of the new expansion, you will be hunting Mercer. Keener. Oh, Keener? Who's Mercer? Who's Mercer? I don't know who Mercer is. I don't know why that fucking name came up. But hey, Keener, yeah. So Aaron, yeah. Aaron Keener, he's the fucking bad guy, the fucking dude that. Hey, I now the now, fucking douchebag who stole the virus printer, and your Russian scientist in the first game. I I remember him now. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. The the famously rogue agent. Uh. Okay, I have no idea where Mercer came up. I have no idea either. Wow. Okay, yeah, Keener. So I saw the picture. So, you know, it was just him, and, like, that was it. And my sleep-addled brain is like, Mercer. Um, But, yeah, no. Uh, So, yeah, he needs a bullet or two. So, as... uh, He's going to be a raid boss. He's going to be super tanky. As of right now... (laughs) Um, the, uh, the final part of the 
first season yeah is out which is kind of weird you do that this month and then release the whole new season next month but yeah yeah um the uh uh so that is going to um the last part of this season is going they did add a small mission campaign to that to explain why you're going back to new york what that motivation is uh I mean, it was foreshadowed pretty hardcore in the original uh, in the original release that they were going to go back to New York at some point. Yep. Uh, so it was kind of like already in the cards. There was a museum that you could go to that basically had a holographic version of New York, a holographic you know display and some posters you know of like the New York area. Uh, which, I mean, it could have been a callback to the first game, but it was more likely to be a, you know, foreshadowing. Yep. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was pretty heavily hinted at. Uh, it's interesting that they're going to go that, you know, you know, it's a whole new fucking area. I mean, they're not rehashing old areas, right? So they're, they're going to be building a whole new cityscape for that. Uh, New York looks a lot different than uh, Washington, D.C. does. So, it'll be interesting where they go. I mean, it's going to be not wintertime, I'm going to assume. No, it will be taking place during the summer. Right. Post-hurricane. Post-hurricane. Interesting. So, apparently there's been a hurricane that has quite a bit of the area underwater. Gotcha. Okay, well, that makes sense. All right. Um, there was some. That'd be kind of interesting. Yeah, and of course there will be some changes to the system changes. Right, uh, system changes for skills, um, uh, skill bonuses on weapons and equipment, right, etc. Um, they're promising that it will make it a little bit more transparent and easier to understand. Right. If there was one thing you could say about the, uh, about. Division two's initial releases, it did it didn't do much to really simplify an already confusing skill system. Well, that and when uh, the when the game first came out, skills themselves were fairly fucking useful. Like yeah. barely. The I remember uh, the only time only thing that people carried around with them was the fucking auto revive thing. And that was it. Because everything else was pretty much useless. Yep. So back are the sticky explosives. Finally. Um, and they're doing a, uh, a couple of new skills. One is a, a hologram projector. Okay. To so draw you can, enemies away. So, so you could get decoy. tactical that way. Yeah. Um, and there is a stun trap. Okay. That will shock enemies within a certain range. And nice stop them so you got a couple new strategies to try out along with one really old one that really played really well in the first game and i think a lot of people used it especially later on in raids etc what what tell me the sticky bombs of course the gun yeah yeah okay now it's um it's enough that it's actually drawing content creators away from Destiny 2. Yeah. Uh, there's there's some content creators that, that were you know doing videos for Destiny 2 
And Destiny 2 is kind of stale right now. Um, as far as for content, I know there's a new season coming out, but I mean, the, the way that that game plays, it's, it's a, it's in a really weird development hell at the moment because they're, they have to constantly keep adding to that game, uh, to make people happy. And no matter what they do, they can't really fit all of what people want into one of the seasons for their season pass. Um, what people really just go for is yeah. large bits of content, not bite-sized content. You can get through the bite-sized content in about a month, but they stretch out the release of that over the course of three. Yeah. Uh, so content creators have a hard time actually finding things to to do with about. it. Yeah. Right. Um, now season two will cost you a fresh thirty bucks. Yeah, I kind of figured it's kind of it's an expansion. Yeah. It, I mean, it is a full expansion, right? Um, with a season of content planned, etc. Right. Uh, but it is a full expansion campaign, so yeah, yeah. So you are getting that in a whole new area, going back to New York. Yippee! Did you say that was part of it? The season pass. The, is the season pass actually? No, it is a new season pass. So you have to buy a new okay. season pass. Yeah, I'm sure they have a bundle. You could probably oh, yeah. buy the DLC with the bundle. Yeah. Uh, so there's, yeah, there's but probably for, that for those of us who already own the season one pass. We're basically just paying thirty bucks for the whole new campaign. Gotcha. Is basically it. Okay. Well, um, so. You probably will play it. Oh yeah. It when what's mine. the drop date on that? March third. Most no, I can't promise I will have it on March third. But you, you most definitely will probably. Play I will that. play it. Yes. Um. To be completely honest, I probably won't. Um. I'm looking at. I'm looking at a couple, you know, of the bigger releases, including. Final Fantasy coming out in April, uh, and you know I'm also. Well, I'll admit I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna unless it looks like it's gonna take forever. Probably wait till the second episode or so of Final Fantasy is out before I even touch it. Well, depends. It's it's a PlayStation game, so I'll probably end up getting it on disc. So if I get it on disc, I'll just share it when I'm done yeah. with it. Um. The, uh, the the thing is, is I, I have to be very careful about my game purchases this year. Um, this yeah. this year specifically because I have plans. So, big plans. My midlife crisis is coming up. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We've been talking about that off and on quite a bit. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, so, and then the last bit of news is Bioware officially confirmed they are completely retooling Anthem. Yeah. They are stepping back. No new content will be released for the current iteration of Anthem. Right. Um, and they are just going through and basically completely reworking the game. So they're um, they're actually kind of doing what I suggested they you know that they needed to do anyway is to uh, is to completely retool the game over uh, over a period of time but all, release it all at once. Yep. So what they're doing now is they're keeping the game servers alive so the people who are currently playing 
can still play. They will still have the, you know, like the random events that happen and, you know, in stuff, but there'll be no new content for that. They're going to be focusing all of their development efforts into uh, basically Anthem 2.0. Um, yeah. And it's going to be, you know, they're kind of going along the same vein as A Realm Reborn for Final Fantasy fourteen. like I said. Yeah. With Realm Reborn, they had a whole event where they bring this, uh, brought the servers down, and they were down for uh, for a good period of time. I, I I don't remember exactly. I think it was like a month or something like that, uh, where they had to go through and re you know reapply the game. But that reapplication of the game made the game completely different. Like that was like two different games. <laughs> it is. It's really two different games. Set in the same area, but it's two different fucking games. Yep. Um, what they are doing with Anthem is they're going to keep the core uh, core concepts that made thing you know made it feel good. The combat they said was good. Uh, the flying was good, but pretty much everything else needed touching. Like everything, the the hub world, uh, the hub city, the fucking customization for your uh, uh, for your javelins. Level you know, scaling, level scaling, enemies, you know, weapons, uh, damage, damage rates on weapons, right. etc. You know, so everything needs work. You know, and they're if they if they succeed, it will be it will be on the same level as uh, uh, of a turnaround as uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. I won't say like No Man's Sky because that was a completely different thing, but. Um, it it's it's going to be one of those things where they just kind of turn that around now, and yep. the 2.0 isn't going to cost anything for the uh for the people who already own the game, which is another uh, another thing. You can buy Anthem dirt cheap now. Um, I'm assuming that the price will go back up to you know to its you know its median or standard rate afterwards, but they know that the game is kind of not being received very well, so. I think the last time I saw Anthem, it was like ten, sub ten bucks. You know, you can pick it up on the you know on the extremely cheap. Uh, so if you if, if you're thinking about it, I mean, you could maybe get it on the uh, on the cheap because historically, big updates like that brings the median price back up to you know say like thirty bucks or fifty bucks or whatever the fuck they want to. It's EA, so you never know. <laughs> so there's that <clears throat> and that's pretty much what I've got I mean it's I, gonna be news light for a few weeks I think yeah I, I don't think I've got yeah. you know got too much I mean the couple things about uh, you know, PS4 and Xbox, you know, sales declining, which is expected. Um, Ahead of a, you... new, of a new generation release, yeah. Yeah, yeah. nobody's going to reinvest in that right now. Right. Unless you're there's, an idiot. You know, there's, there's not going to be very many, pe- uh, very many people buying new consoles, uh, especially now. It doesn't, doesn't matter how cheap it is, especially right before a, a new console generation. Happens every time. Um, they're just saying that it's happening faster this year or this time. 
than in previous generations. And that's just probably because, well, people want the power. I mean, that was the main reason why I'm not buying another Xbox. Yeah, this stuff is coming out, what, 2012, 2013? Like, we've, we're hitting the end of the console cycle, Ooh. current iteration. Right, and I'm... You know, I'm not going to go out and buy a new Xbox One X when I could save that money and get the uh, the new Series X when it comes out. Uh, you know, I told the you know I told a guy at work that you know for the same same situation he was going to go ahead and get another uh, Xbox One X for his wife, and I said, well, I mean, if you want. But you could wait till the end of the year and get the Series X for a little bit more. You know, if yeah. you're going to buy an upgrade for your Xbox and you have an Xbox currently, and you want to buy an uh, an upgrade that's going to work, you can get the uh, Elite Series 2 controller because um, that's going to work with the, the Series X. And it's going to be a damn good controller. Sure, it's like 200 bucks, but... You know, it's two hundred bucks that's going to span the generation when the you know when the new one comes out. Yep, that's an upgrade I can uh, I can get with. Plus, it works with you know with PC, which is kind of why I was looking at it. <laughs> so, and well, that and the fact that it's USB C charging. It's USB C charging only in its like carry case. Okay, when I'm talking about USB-C charging is USB-C charging while you're playing. It needs to have a USB-C connector that you can connect into the controller that goes to the PC that keeps the, you know, the damn gamepad charged while you're playing. It makes no damn sense that it's only in the fucking case. I looked into this. I mean... The, the USB-C connector is on the bottom part of the co- uh, controller. It's kind of in a weird spot. Hmm. Um, you know, I I want the damn thing to, you know, uh, I want the damn thing to work right. And I want it, you know, the, the USB-C should be on pretty much every controller coming going forward. I would be fucking floored if USB-C, you know, isn't used on the next generation controllers. Absolutely fucking floored. Well, I mean, that could be like the the damn switch. I mean, it, even even with it coming out a couple years ago, right? Right. At that point in time, everything has Bluetooth. Literally everything that come that comes out has Bluetooth. Do they build Bluetooth onto the console? No. Fuck no. Well, they... You have to buy a damn adapter. It, to use your Bluetooth headset or earbuds with. I mean, that's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, 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 I think it's just getting the technology in. You know, it's, I mean, a Bluetooth antenna is not super big. I mean, your phone has one. But um, it, it's probably due to licensing. You have to license the Bluetooth to be able, you know, Bluetooth to be able to, you know, to work with it. Well, see, here's the thing, though. It's totally a development thing. Plenty of people broken this open. Oh, yeah. The damn Wi-Fi card in it. Has a Bluetooth adapter? Has the Bluetooth radio on it already. <laughs> uh, go figure. Enable <laughs> that shit, Nintendo. 
enable that shit. It might have been initially, you know, off, you know, going to be offered, but there was some problems with it. Probably. You know, that was that's a lot of uh, a lot of what it is most days. Okay, I'm I, I I'm scrolling through here and I don't see a whole lot of anything that's really of importance. So. With that, find us at TiltCast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash TiltCast. Our YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash TiltCast. And search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Really, Spotify. Rate us and review us. Find some friends of the show. We've got Pupcast. We've got Cabbage, KBG. Uh, you've got NoQuarters.net, BMFCast.com, Picking Up the Pixels, and TVGP.TV. Uh, they do things. They do things. <laughs> they do Stop funny things. things. All right. Peace. Peace.